Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Cheryl Tingling, who's a regional admissions representative from the University of Tennessee. Cheryl, thank you so much for being here. I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me on today. It is our honor and pleasure. So, Cheryl, please give us a brief description about yourself. How long have you been in admissions and how did you end up in such a position? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started off in admissions as a college student. So during my time in college, I became a student ambassador. And so I started that my sophomore year. I continued to be a student ambassador and also became a showroom host. And then my senior year, I became a senior ambassador. So I was in charge of training the other um, newer ambassadors. And that's how I started off within admissions. And so I kind of stumbled into it like most admissions professionals um, <laughs> in that college time frame. And my senior year, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I loved admissions. I loved working with students. And so I applied to be their admissions intern after I graduated. And uh, I in interviewed for it and I got that position. So my first year out of college in 2015, I was doing all their grunt work, so I was doing all of the visits, all of the events, still working with ambassadors, and then I got a feel for the admissions counselor role, and I was able to apply for that, and I've been an admissions counselor since 2016. Uh, so it's been a while since I've been in admissions, and it's been such a great process so far. Well, the University of Tennessee is obviously so lucky to have you, as are we. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, Cheryl, I know about the school spirit, the amazing athletics, incredible academics, but what can you tell us about the University of Tennessee that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? 
Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I think the big thing with students now is they're wanting that traditional, like, big school athletic feel. Uh, and so with UT, we're in the SEC. Uh, and so you know you're going to be getting competitive, big sports while you're on campus. Um, while you're also on campus, you're in the middle of a major city. And so I know, I know a lot of students are like, you know, I've gone to visit other schools and like all they have is the campus and then there's nothing in the surrounding area. <laughs> um, and so uh, with us being literally a three minute walk from campus into downtown Knoxville, it is incredibly accessible for students to explore the surrounding area. And in the surrounding area, we have a ton of things as well. So we have uh, Gatlinburg, we have Pigeon Forge. Dollywood, which is an amusement park for Dolly Parton, is also there. And so that is a huge thing for like day trips for our students to kind of get out there. And the Great Smoky Mountains National Park is also in that area. So if you're wanting to try some whitewater rafting or paddleboarding, it's right there. Uh, I can tell you, I am a city girl from the Bronx. And when they told me, yeah, let's go whitewater rafting, I was like, you were out of your mind. Like, no way. <laughs> I would never do it. And, you know, they got me to challenge myself. And now every time I go back, I at least try paddleboarding while I'm down there. So um, it's just like such an inviting feeling when you get down there. They make it so easy to meet people. That's what you feel once you get down there is just the Southern hospitality. Um, they want to get to know you and they will get to know you. Well, that is fantastic. And I know that your academics are strong in things like engineering, architecture, business, and nursing, just to name a few. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of your academic programs? Yeah, so we are a land-grant institution, so we are known for those STEM majors. And so we have the Oak Ridge National Lab about 15 minutes away from us, so that's a huge draw for our STEM students. With the growth of our business majors, we're actually in the middle of creating a new building for those major programs. And so it'll house double the amount of students that we currently have. So we're really excited about that. Uh, and we're also in the middle of expanding our nursing program because it is quite competitive. So we're going to be going from about 260 seats to maybe about 450 seats. And it's great to hear that you're expanding. That's always a great sign when colleges are expanding. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. We appreciate it. And Cheryl, can you walk us through the overall admissions process at the University of Tennessee? Many students and their parents, of course, want to know what happens once they hit that submit button. So any insight that you can share, such as whether you evaluate by high school, by region, or even intended major, would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. So once you hit submit, I am going to be the first person to read your application. After me, uh, your application would go on to your academic college. So based on what your intended first major is, it'll go to that academic college. And then the last three would be a holistic review process. So about three to four people review your application uh, in its uh, span. And so it's so important for you guys to really be detailed within your application because not only do I read it, but a bunch people through the office will read your application and there are no limits for students who are coming from out of state or from a specific high school if we think you're going to be an amazing volunteer and you have the academic profile and surrounding details we would absolutely admit you to join our fall class well that's terrific thank you so much for that overview and i was also curious what is the average profile of the current freshman class and if a student falls a little lower what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? 
Absolutely. So our average was about a 1300 super score on the SAT or about a 28 uh, super score on the ACT with a 4.2 core weighted GPA. And so I know that can be kind of nerve wracking for students to hear kind of those two numbers. But again, those are just the average. So we have students who are well above that and well below that. What I would say is one, if you have the opportunity to try to retest, um, if your test scores are a little bit lower, if you're not able to do so, letters of recommendation and supporting statements are going to be your options in order for us to just learn a little bit more about you. Uh, tell us what makes you a leader. Tell us what makes you uh, a volunteer. That way we can not only look at you as your academic profile, but also you as an individual. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much. And I know that you said you're from the Bronx. So obviously you were an out-of-state student. Mm -hmm. What percentage of your students are from out-of-state? And Cheryl, does the application process differ for in-state and out-of-state students? Absolutely. So our out-of-state percentage is 47%. So I think that usually wow. um, is surprising for a lot of for a lot of people. And so, uh, like I said, we're not having caps for students for out-of-state versus in-state. If we think they're going to be a, a great addition to our campus, we want you. And as far as the application uh, being different, there is no difference in the application process. You have the same deadlines, the same requirements, and you're reviewed the same. Well, we appreciate that. And I'm glad that you're saying that there's no difference. And I didn't know that 47% are from out-of-state which is a high number. So thank you so much for sharing that. And Cheryl, if possible, visiting campus is important for students to get a feeling of the school and of course the surrounding area. You mentioned the beautiful city of Knoxville. Mm -hmm. So if a student is able to come to campus, what are some of the questions they should be asking to help them determine whether or not the University of Tennessee is the right fit for them? Absolutely. So I always tell students before you even get on campus, you should be creating a list of your needs and your wants. And so the school that you're planning on attending should have all of your needs just up front. And then uh, you'd go through your list of wants to see, you know, how many of those wants are present in the school. And what I always hear from students once they visit somewhere, they're like, you know, I don't know what it was about the school, but like it just felt right. And so as an admissions counselor, I can give you all of the statistics and the numbers, but until you actually talk with current students and then you ask them about that time and then you realize, oh, like this is what I was wanting um, if I did decide to come here, that's how you kind of know that this is a, a good fit for you. Some things that you absolutely should be asking for um, is, you know, major questions, internship, return on investment questions, where are students going post-graduation, uh, are there any health and wellness initiatives on campus, and then lastly, security and safety on campus. Um, but ultimately, like I said, for the most part, once you get on a campus, things will either not feel quite as right or you'll realize, okay, this is where I can envision myself for the next four years. Well, that's terrific. And I really appreciate that you mentioned different topics to ask about, such as majors, internship opportunities, health and wellness initiatives. And for the parents in particular, I remember when I was visiting with my own daughters, security. That's really important. And yeah. you also mentioned speaking to current students, which I think is great. Usually people go on a tour. There's a tour guide who's awesome. But it's also important to spend some time on the campus and speak to current students, whether it's in a dining hall or in your quad. Yeah. Those are all great pieces of advice. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So getting back to the application, Cheryl, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript 
or do you recalculate the GPA using your own calculations? And if so, what do you look for from a student's academic record and how do you evaluate it? Absolutely. We recalculate a student's GPA to only include core courses, and then we would add weight for any high rigor courses the student may have taken. So at UT, we will take four credits of English, four credits of math, three credits of science, one credit of American history, one credit of European history, two credits of a foreign language, which includes American Sign Language, and one visual or performing arts credit. And a lot of students will ask me, well, my school only required me to take three credits of English and you have four on your website. Like, do I need to try to add one in my senior year? No. So we will take whatever requirements your school has for you to graduate. But if you're able to take the maximum of four English credits, that adds into your core GPA so that I can potentially help your core GPA to be higher. So if that's something you're looking towards, I would definitely try to max out on all of those core courses. But if not, feel free to challenge yourself during your senior year. Feel free to take courses that you're interested in. Just note that those are the only courses we'll be using within your GPA calculation. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. And he's also a board certified dermatologist who received a perfect score on his SAT. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code College Talk, one word, just College Talk, and that'll give you 30% off all Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one on one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made using our coupon code, which is College Talk, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. Well, we appreciate that. And it's certainly good to know that you recalculate the GPA using the core courses. So again, thank you so much, Cheryl. So digging deeper in the application, what are the different ways a student may apply to the University of Tennessee? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Yes, absolutely. So we have two deadlines. We have an early action and we have a regular decision deadline. With the early action deadline, it's typically the first or the second of November. And with students applying early action, you have a few benefits. So the first one is that 
you have a really quick turnaround time with us. So the deadline is November 1st and you would hear decision back by mid-December. So very, very fast turnaround. In addition to that, you're eligible to apply for competitive scholarships. Money is always going to be a factor when going to college. And so why not benefit yourself by applying early and having access to more scholarships? And then lastly, you can apply to honors and scholars programs with us if you apply uh, early action. Our second deadline is that regular decision deadline. It has a deadline of December 15th, and you will be hearing back mid-February with that deadline. You will not have the perks of early action, but that is the last time for you to be able to apply and receive any merit aid with us. So that's also a big one for our students. Well, we appreciate that. And I think it's good advice if you can apply early action. Remember, students, early action is not binding. But if you apply, such as in the case of the University of Tennessee, it's a November 1st deadline. And there's a quick turnaround. By mid-December, you already have a decision. And I'm glad that you mentioned that it's also important to apply early action because it does have some implications in terms of scholarship. So again, we appreciate that. So what are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you and what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when preparing to write their essay? Yeah, absolutely. So I love this question because <laughs> I think historically students equated the college admissions essay as us wanting to hear like a sad story about your life, maybe. <laughs> Um, and that's not the case. So um, if it's a monumental moment in your life that uh, you were able to grow through and it really highlights your character, absolutely. But um, you don't have to necessarily give us a sad or um, challenging time within your life to be your college essay. Essentially, the college essay is for us to get to know you better outside of transcripts, outside of test scores. And so someone close to you should be able to read this and say, yeah, this is exactly who you are. It really highlights your character. It highlights your integrity. It highlights your leadership. And so some essays that I really enjoyed are like the most basic of essays. And so I had an essay of this girl basically saying how much she loved SpongeBob and how much <laughs> he just kept persevering through all the trials and how Mr. Krabs was always mean to him and he just kept making his Krabby <laughs> Patties. And I loved that. Um, it really highlights her sense of humor. It highlights, and she also tied it into, you know, a personal event in her life, but it was engaging. It was fun. Uh, it's something that I could relate to. And so uh, just try to think of that when when writing your, your essay. Also make sure you're having other people proofread your essay. And if you're using the same, same essay for multiple institutions and you're putting their name in it, make sure you take that name off when you apply to a different <laughs> school. Uh, and lastly, it is a writing sample. So just make sure that you are um, treating it as such. And again, I think that goes into having someone else proofread your essay. Well, those are great tips. Thank you so much. And I love how you pointed out the fact that the essay is for the admissions representative to get to know you students outside of things such as your transcript, which of course is a very important part of the overall application. But it's important in the essay that they hear your voice. If it's something that you write about and you talk about how you reflected on whatever it is, 
what was your thought process? How did it change you? They really want to get to know who you are in terms of being a person. You also mentioned integrity, which I think is all great. So again, we appreciate the tips and the advice. And of course, the teacher's letter of recommendation, obviously another part of the overall application. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for when reading a teacher's letter of recommendation? Yeah, so uh, teachers tend to be a lot more specific than the students, which I genuinely love. And so what I'm looking for are instances of leadership, resiliency, determination, and volunteerism within their student. And so if you can highlight specific times that you've witnessed it or you've heard about that from your student, that is absolutely helpful. If you can give me, you know, the clubs that the student is a part of, any outside jobs that they are performing. If the student helps take care of a loved one, even, you know, siblings because their parents may work, that is also something that I'm looking um, for within the letter of recommendation. Well, that's tremendous insight. We really appreciate it. And I think it's also advisable to tell students if there's something that you did in a classroom or through a club, whether you took on a leadership role, you started an initiative, don't be shy to ask the teacher or a club advisor to write about that specific incident. The worst that's going to happen is that they say no. Best case scenario, the admissions rep will hear about the great work that you did specific to whatever initiative from someone else's voice. Because a lot of times a teacher may repeat what's already on your transcript or on your activity sheet. So again, if there's a specific incident that occurred and you have a teacher that could write about it, don't be shy to ask the teacher to do so. So thank you, Cheryl. We really appreciate that. And can you explain what opportunities the University of Tennessee offers students that may have had an IEP while in high school in terms of helping to ensure that the student continues to be successful once they're on your campus? Yes. And so we have a student's accommodations office on campus. And for students who are seeking any accommodations, whether it be academic or uh, getting around campus or even housing accommodations, they are absolutely welcome to either walk into the office or submit an online registration form, which would lead to an in-person meeting. And so some of the common accommodations that we offer include accessible media like closed captioning, note-taking, alternative testing, communication access, such as interpreters, assistive technology, housing and parking accommodations, and there are a bunch of others that we also offer for students. Well, we appreciate that, and it certainly sounds like you have something for everyone, not only on your campus, but beyond. Cheryl, this has been an amazing conversation. I can't thank you enough. Unfortunately, it leads us to our last question, which is, what are your top three pieces of advice that you would provide a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely. Uh, so the first one would be to start early. And within that first, <laughs> <laughs> within that first one, there's a bunch of sub subjects. So get get ready, guys. So starting early means <laughs> doing the essays ahead of time. So the essays typically do not change from year to year. And so do the essays over the summer, get it out of the way. That way, once the application opens up, you are ready to go, you're ready to hit submit. In addition to starting early, I would suggest students have a folder 
or a binder for each school that they're planning on applying to and putting down those portals that we give you, putting down those passwords. Uh, I know for UT, we have about two to three portals throughout the enrollment process and that can get very confusing. So I can only imagine if you're applying to five, 10 schools, that can also be quite confusing as well. So try to stay organized in that area. The third subsection of being early <laughs> is to use a personal email address. And so I cannot tell you how many times students will email me halfway through the year and they're like, I haven't heard anything from you. And it's like, well, we've sent you messages every week for the last <laughs> seven weeks, but it's been blocked because of your school server. So I wanna make sure you are you have as much information as possible. So use a personal email and check it very frequently because that's how we will mainly <laughs> communicate with you. Uh, and then lastly, have a list of deadlines for each of your schools. That way you are on top of the game. You can add it to your phone and that way you're not missing out on anything such as scholarships or uh, opportunities to come on campus. So that was just that was just number one, you guys. I have two more. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The second one is to visit if possible. And so like I said, uh, you should have the, that list of needs and wants, and that way you can narrow down the schools that you're applying to, and then you can actually visit in person. And so I know UT, we track demonstrated interest, but it's not something that is a part of your application process. So we would love to have you on campus. We would love to kind of show off for you guys. And again, <laughs> it gives you the opportunity to talk with some current students. They will always be honest with you. They're already there. They're like, yo, we will tell you the truth. So that is a big <laughs> one for our students. So try to visit if at all possible, but we do have virtual opportunities for you if you're not able to. And then lastly, just keep in touch with me uh, throughout the year. If you have questions, let me know. That's my job to help you through this process. If you need anything from me, I am essentially your advocate for UTK. So I will have my email and my phone number in your admissions portal. So you have my information. And if you need anything, I'm your person. Well, Cheryl, this has been a tremendous conversation. I can't thank you enough for all the advice and the insight. And by the way, I always put the Office of Undergraduate Admissions, of course, in this case, it's the University of Tennessee, mm -hmm. in the show notes. If there's anything else that you want me to include, I will gladly do that and provide it to the students and their parents. So again, can't thank you enough. I hope to have you again. You were awesome. Thank you so much. This is such a great time, and I would love to come back on. We'd love to have you. Thanks, Cheryl. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.